What's up, everybody? How are you? Welcome to Same Team. I am your host, Daniel Trainer. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you being here. Today's episode is an exciting one. You know, when I started this podcast, I had a list of names, people that I wanted to chat with. And over the past little while, I've been very fortunate uh, to be able to talk with a lot of those people. Today's guest was one of the names on that list. Derek Gordon is my guest on the podcast today. Derek was the first ever openly gay Division I men's basketball player. Finished his career at Seton Hall. He played at UMass. He played at Western Kentucky. Uh, and his story is is pioneering. I remember when Derek came out, it was a huge deal for me. It was a huge deal for a lot of people. He's a hero in a lot of people's eyes, including myself. Uh, Derek gets very open, very honest on this podcast, which I really appreciated, and I think you will too. His story wasn't always easy. There were ups and downs in his personal life, in his basketball career, uh, and we get into all of that. I think it's a really interesting, important conversation for people to hear. We talk about all of that, and then we talk at the end about what Derek is doing now. Uh, now that his playing career is behind him, he's really opened up a whole new professional door, which is very exciting. I'm thankful to you for listening. I think you'll find this conversation very enlightening, very entertaining. Derek's a very charismatic, smart Great guy. So I really appreciate his time. Without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Derek Gordon. You know, when I started this podcast uh, a little while back, you were one of the names I wanted to have on. You were you were certainly somebody who I circled and, and wanted to chat to or chat with, I should say. So I'm happy it's finally happening. Thanks for taking the time. Nah, nah, anytime. I'm glad I can help. So I always like to sort of start at the beginning and, and get a sense of who you were growing up. Can you tell me uh, and tell the listener sort of about what Derek was like as a kid, what your childhood was like? Uh, I mean, I was always into sports and I, my father, he played basketball. Uh, so, you know, I was always in a basketball family. My brother played basketball. My older brother, Michael, played basketball. Uh play some football uh wanted to actually play some soccer when i was growing up but i never got the chance to uh, how come why not why no soccer you know because it was already basketball and football and yeah. i think adding a third sport i mean I don't, I don't know if it was too much you know it's kind of one of those things you wish you, you can rewind time and do those things sure um because um, you never know it's always like a what if kind of moment you could you could you could be the best soccer player in the world and we'd have no idea <laughs> exactly exactly i mean i actually love watching soccer you know i like uh you know psg manchester united those teams okay okay uh, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it i'm a fan of it um but yeah you know basketball kind of stuck out um you know in middle school i started to get a, a lot taller than my brother um i'm actually the tallest one in my family i'm six three That'll help. Um, I just started to, you know, realize, you know, as basketball and high, as a middle school and high school came came up, it's like, wow, you know what, this can actually, this might be it. And, um, you know, it kind of took off from there and, you know, start to get some college letters and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there. You grew up in New Jersey, right? Plainfield, New Jersey. How was that? Uh, Plainfield, New Jersey is just kind of, uh, I mean, it's gotten a lot better now. Uh, but it's more growing up. It, it, it was, you know, you a lot of gang related um, things that was going on. You know, 
drugs and stuff like that. Just, you know, uh, it just wasn't overall, you know, the best city to live in, I would say. But um, it, it's okay. I mean, I, I say it's gotten a lot better over the, over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons why I still go back there now is because my family is there. Yeah, so um, they're still there? Yeah, my mom and dad are still there. Uh, my brother, my older brother, Mike, is actually a police officer. Nice. Uh, and I have a twin brother right now um, who, uh, who's looking to get into the you know, entrepreneur. Okay. And, and everything and, you know, start his own business and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, I have a, I'm very grateful, you know, to have the family that I have. So I imagine growing up in an area that maybe wasn't the best, I, uh, I can only assume that maybe sports were, were an outlet for you and sort of a way out. I mean, is that how you looked at it growing up? Were you sort of just or were you sort of destined to play basketball because of your family? Uh, well, I know I wanted to get out. I was always that person that wanted to get out of New Jersey. Um, when when basketball started to pick up and I started to get, you know, college offers and everything like that, it was something that I kind of ran with. Um, I didn't go to the Plainfield High School. I went to uh, St. Patrick's High School, which was at the time in Elizabeth, New Jersey, uh, which was probably one of the top high school basketball uh, teams to play for. And, yeah. uh, I went there my freshman year. Um, it, it was kind of... You know, an awkward situation my freshman year because at first, you know, they wanted me to play JV, and I didn't want to because yeah. if I would, it was kind of one of them things like, oh my gosh, like I want to play varsity, why am I playing JV? So it was almost a time where I was getting ready to transfer back to to the playing for high school. My mom had my transfer papers and everything like that. They went up to the school, and for some reason that day, the machines weren't working. Really, for some reason they were not working. And the next day when I decided to go back to St. Patrick's, then that's when the machine started working again at, at the plant. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those things wow. like, you know, it wasn't meant to happen. Um, well, so know, did, you, I, did you play JV freshman year then? I did. You know, it was one of those things that, you know, I just had to, you know, swallow my pride and yeah. you know, say, you know what, and in the long run, it's, it's going to be the best fit for me because for once, as I said, I'm playing for one of the top high school teams in the country. Uh, my sophomore year, I ended up playing with Kyrie Irving, who plays with the Celtics right now. Yeah, and, I'm familiar uh, with him. Yeah, and uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who plays with the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Wait, so you guys were all on uh, the same team in high school? Yeah, Mike Michael Gilchrist was actually he was a freshman when I was a freshman, so we were we were we were there together all four years. Did you guys uh, ever was, lose? We lost a couple games. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, we we lost a couple. Uh, our, my senior year, I would have to say, was probably, you know, the best year. Um, just because, you know, I mean, to play for such a, a a great coach. I mean, Coach Kevin Ball was one of the top high school coaches out there. And, you know, to play for such an organization and for the school. And it, it was honestly probably the best decision I made because I don't think I would have had the same outcome yeah. if I would have went to uh, – if I would have went to uh, playing for high school, I don't think it would have been the same outcome. What is it like to go to a school like that, to make the decision to go to a different school specifically to play basketball? Is it tough at all to focus on academics? I mean, does it feel like you're sort of there for one reason? What That balance to me seems like it'd be difficult. 
Uh, well, for St. Patrick's, it wasn't. It was very small. St. Patrick's only had about total between freshmen and seniors, probably two hundred students. Okay. Uh, so it was very small. It was it was a Catholic school. We had to dress up, wear you know ties and everything like that every day. Uh, so it was very. I'm gonna just I'm gonna use the word professional. Sure. It was very well done. Rather than with the plan for high school, it's a local school. Um, you know, I heard a lot of things that was going on there. You know, there were fights every other day, and you know, I just didn't want to put myself in that environment. Yeah. Um, because I knew what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I just didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to put myself in that situation. So I felt, so I personally felt that, you know what, long term, uh, St. Patrick's High School was the best decision for me. Well, I'd imagine with, with so few kids there, it's probably pretty difficult to hide. You probably have to be on your A game every day in and out of the gym and in and out of the classroom. No, are you talking about St. Patrick's? Yeah. 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 Uh, you can say that it was very, it was, it was, I said it was a very small school. Um, literally, it wasn't like, you know, you know, you go to a big public school, you walking up and down two, three flights yeah, and everything like that. No, it was, it was very small, uh, which was good, which was good. Actually, it was good for me. You know, it kept us focused and everything like that. And, you know, um, you all knew that, you know, we had to have the grades to play. I think any, that's in high school or college, you know, if you don't have the grades, you know, sure. um, but I think just in that environment just helped prepare, prepare me for when I got to college. What was what was Kyrie like in high school? Oh, uh, he was great. He was very laid back. Uh, he transferred in my sophomore year, um, so actually I only, I played with him. He transferred yeah transferred in the end of my sophomore year, so I played with him my junior year. Okay. Uh, um, he was great. Uh, like I said very laid back, just you know down to earth, funny. Um, didn't really expect, you know, everything that's going on with him now, didn't really see that outcome, but I knew the potential that he had, um, because just, you know, there was a lot of hype around him and, you know, with just overall, he, he's just overall a great kid, that's great. um, you know, when we were in high school and yeah, he's a very, very, you know, a wonderful player to play with. Um, and it was good for me too, cause it helped when I played against him. Um, I always like playing against him rather than with him because it just it just helped me prepare, um, you know, for someone with that offensive skill set like his. Sure. You know, it just helped me prepare for, you know, it made it a lot easier for when I played against other people. So then once you start thinking about college, your collegiate career, walk me through that process. When are offers starting? When are you starting to think about where you want to go? And, and then, you know, I know, you know, your, your collegiate career was storied and you transferred a couple times. But walk me through, you know, the first decision that you made and, and how all that sort of came to be while you were in high school. Uh, well, after my freshman year, it didn't really start picking up to my sophomore year. That's when. Colleges started to come. That's when uh, Western Kentucky University, Virginia. Uh, oh my gosh, I really have to sit and think because it, <laughs> it was so long ago. I, I, I know, I, I know. I committed the end of my sophomore year of high school. Um, okay. You know, like, like most players, you know, they wait till their senior year. Yeah. I didn't wait. I made a commitment. The end of Why? my sophomore. Why did you year. make that decision? Uh. I ended up committing to Western Kentucky University and uh, the coach, the assistant coach used to coach my brother when he played at Binghamton University. So it was kind of that connection there. Sure. Um, 
and I didn't want to have to worry about dealing with, you know, trying to pick a school and everything like that. I went to Western Kentucky. I, I visited there, um, took a couple diff- couple unofficial visits there, and absolutely fell in love with the school campus, uh, the Midwest lifestyle. Sure. And, you know, everything that they laid out in front of me, you know, I it, it was it was a win win situation, you know. I, it, there was a lot of high expectations coming in. Don't get me wrong, uh, <laughs> sure, because I was probably the best recruit that Western Kentucky ever got, um, top one hundred recruit. Um, and I, I another reason I just did, I wanted to worry concentrate on basketball and my schoolwork. I didn't want to have to you know sit there and oh my god. I need to talk to this coach, that coach. And, you know, so it was kind of a decision where, you know what, I felt right and comfortable. Yeah. That, you know what, I said, you know what, at the end of the day, let me just make a commitment. But now, when things started to pick up, because just, it was, it's only a verbal commitment. Right, right. So, um, so my junior year, um, I had a great junior year, but I was, you know, I made a verbal commitment. So schools weren't really. You know, trying to talk to me. You're kind of off the table. Yeah. So the summer of my junior year, going into my senior year, and that's when, you know, I started to get some feedback that, you know, you having a lot of big-time coaches, you know, wanting to come recruit you and, you know, see what's going to happen. And I say, you know, I don't know because, you know, it's kind of smacking Western Kentucky in the face because I'm, you know, talking to the schools behind her backs. And yeah. Just I said, nothing is signed. So, you know, I had that option. Uh, so my spirit comes, we play our first game, and it's a tournament, and it's called the City of Palms. Uh, I forget where at it is. I know it's in Florida. I just forget where at it in Florida. Yeah. Um, uh, Kentucky coach was there. Duke coach was there. You know, tons of coaches was there. Had 37 points my first game, probably hit eight three-pointers three that game. That's a good show. Um, yeah, it was the leading scorer throughout the whole tournament. Um, you know, Austin Rivers, his team was there, and it, it was a big-time tournament. So yeah. after that, um, yeah, that's when the pressure really started to kick in because uh, we were the number one high school team in the country at the time. And, you know, to have a performance like that, a lot of teams were trying to get their hands on me. Um, but yet, then again, I was staying focused. I said, you know what? This is, I, I'm happy, you know, with going where I'm going. Uh, now, do I regret um, making the decision early a little bit? Um, you know, it's funny. I talk to friends of mine now, and, you know, I, can, I always talk to them. I always say, yeah, I probably should, I probably should have waited a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why. I mean, I guess that's why you know guys do wait. You know. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, yeah, I said it was it was kind of it was kind of a rush decision, but I at at that time I felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, but when I look back at it now, I always say like, man, like I wish you know, because you never know who would have came calling. Yeah, I sure. remember when um, I think his name uh, is it Phil Greensburg or he was the coach at. Virginia Tech. Okay. Um, I, I want to say it's Greenberg. I'm not really sure, but the head coach came all the way down to the school just to see me at that time. And this one, I was committed. And it was just kind of one of those things like, wow, like a head coach, you know, at ACC, he 
came all the way down just to see me type of yeah. thing. It was one of those things that, yeah, but then again, Josh said, I stayed committed. I, I, I was happy. You know, Josh said, I didn't have to worry about phone calls. And then, but then again, I wanted, I wanted to go through that process. I wish I would have gone through that process. Well, I, I think it's pretty admirable that you honored your commitment, though. I mean, so so you end up at Western Kentucky. I mean, as as a kid from New Jersey who ends up playing basketball in Kentucky, was there is there any sort of culture shock? You said you loved it. Did you just fit right in, or was it like, whoa, I I live in was, Kentucky now? It was different. Uh, it's the Midwest, you know. I, I remember just being out there for a while and coming back to New Jersey, and people are saying, "Why are you talking so country?" <laughs> uh, you know, because you you get used to it when you're there. You're just yeah. It's it, it kind of you. You start listening to country music and oh, Jason wow. Aldean. And oh, Blake you're a big Jason Aldean fan, Derek. I would not have pegged that. <laughs> you start listening to those guys, and it's like it's just the it's the whole atmosphere. You start to get used to the atmosphere, and just like it just it just comes accustomed to you. And it's it's it was fun. It was it was different. Just like I said a kid from Plainfield, New Jersey. Living in the Midwest, Bowling Green, Kentucky is different. I can know? imagine. <laughs> so it's different, but I, I had a blast. I absolutely had a blast. So when I was there, my halfway through the year, the coach that I was there with, he ended up getting fired. Yeah. Um, halfway through the year, he got. We played Louisville. Ended up losing in Louisville. I think at the time, I think our record was probably like eight and eight or nine and nine. Uh, so he ended up getting fired. He was one of the reasons why I went there. Right. Um, so when that happened, it, the assistant coach got the head job and, you know, it kind of spiraled down from there. Yeah. Um, so I ended up leaving, uh, went to university of Massachusetts, um, probably not the best decision either. Um, Why? just to be, to, because, uh, me and the coach, you know, didn't really mesh well when I got there. Um, kind of tried to change my game and you know I wasn't playing like myself I was playing as a one-dimensional player not like the player that you know a two-way player for instance I can give you an example you know I'm a shooting guard I was basically playing like a, a driver that can't shoot sure um, um and that's not my game at all and that's the player that they tried to make me and that wasn't who I was um so I ended up transferring from there after two years uh going to Seton Hall. Now, yep. we'll have to give tons of credit to Seton Hall. Probably the best decision uh, that I made of going there. Uh, absolutely love it there. I was just actually in New Jersey. I told you this past uh, week, and I went there to um, – went back to the school, uh, met with the coaches, the president of the school, and they – it was as if I never left. That's great. Um, they still love me, and they don't. I said they don't care if I'm gay or not. It's just a a family atmosphere, and you know I was comfortable playing my game there, and it it was like one of those things that wow, like I wish I had two years instead of one. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and yeah, and that's why we won the way we did. Uh, we um, we went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I was I'm still the only person. Um, as far as in NCAA history, to take three different teams to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's quite an uh, accomplishment. Yeah, two uh, two conference championships. Um, yeah, two conference championships, three NCAA tournament appearances. You know what? I I can't go wrong with that. You know, that's that's good. I don't mind ending my college career with with something like that. You know, it was 
especially in the NSC and Hall. It was, it was great. A great atmosphere, a great opportunity. And I didn't really know because it's a I see it hard. I don't, I don't know if you know it's a Catholic school. You know, I I don't know that I would have known that, but now that you say that, that that rings true. That makes sense. Yeah, they're a so, Catholic school. Yeah. Huh? Well, no, it's not to interrupt you, but I mean, you talk about, you know, Seton Hall being okay with your sexuality. I mean, where where did that start to come into play in terms of your personal journey? I mean, when you were at Western Kentucky, were you out? Did people know? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> well, for one, I would say Kentucky, I don't think. Uh, you don't love it that much. Coming out in Kentucky, I, it, it, well, it wasn't really on my mind back then. When I was a freshman in college, it was more. Were you even, I mean, were you even like, thinking I was going about it? Was phase. it something that was on your mind? I, I would say I was going through the phase, like the phase of, oh, my gosh, like, Oh, I had a girlfriend and everything at the time. Yeah, I had a girlfriend and everything at the time, and I was just thinking, like, I have a girlfriend, but yet I'm looking at guys. Yeah. Um, not my teammates, but just, you know, I'm looking at my male teachers. Uh, and nothing I'm like, like a good oh my teacher. Gosh, what, is, what is going on? Um, <laughs> Wait, so was college, was college the first time that you had ever even thought about that or thought that way? Yeah, I actually had my first experience uh, hooking up with a guy when I was at Western. Uh, I've never told anyone that, but yeah, I was in the closet. I didn't come out till just I said UMass, so I was in the yeah. closet at Western, and I was so nervous because I, I just would, wanted. To see, I, w- I wanted to see, you know, is this what I like? Like, what is going on? Like, how'd you I, meet him? If that's not too much information, uh, no, they would forget the name of the app, but they had an app where. You know, you can talk to whether you could talk to girls or you could talk to guys. Sure. Um, and I still remember it till this day um, that just, you know, being in my room, talking to these guys on this app. And I think it was like fall break and we were off from school. So when you're on fall break and off from school, they put you up in hotels. Oh, really? Um, and I was, you know, everyone was in their own room and I just happened to be. Uh, talking to the guy. The guy happened to live in Nashville. Um, he ended up driving down. How far is that? Nashville from Western is probably like a forty-five minute drive. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I mean, uh, still, we're crossing state lines. That's not that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up getting a hotel and everything like that. And you know, afterwards, I was just like, okay, there's no way I'm gay. Uh, wait, but, so it, you did it, and you were like, okay, no. I was like, yeah, maybe this is maybe this is just a phase that I'm going through. Oh, it must through. not I, have gone very well, Derek. It didn't go well. <laughs> um, I was so nervous. I was literally, when I walked in the room, I was sitting on the edge of the bed. Oh, my just, God. Like, I, I was, because I was thinking about, oh, my gosh, like, Western is such a small town. Someone sees me. Yeah. Like, those, those are the things that are going through my mind. And by all means, he was comfortable. He was ready to go. Uh-huh. Me on and no, that was not the case. It was not the case. I got uncomfortable to the point I said, you know what? Yeah. No, I don't think this. I was, I mean, but but what was weird, though, I enjoyed the kissing part. Sure. But everything else was just like, eh, it's okay. Okay. All right. Um, so I think it was more, I was like, maybe, yeah, maybe I just like kissing guys, but I still like girls. Yeah. 
Um, I, I was yeah. so ready. I was so ready for you to be like, yeah, you know, I had this first experience, and then my life changed, and uh, I just knew what I wanted from then on out. And you're like, actually, uh, I, I, I reverted I, I, I back. Was fighting it. I was fighting it. It was more like because I didn't want. I didn't. I didn't want to be gay. But it's kind of one of those things. Like I always tell people, it's like when people who are gay and people who are not who are straight. It's not you just wake up all of a sudden and say, oh, well, I'm gay. You know, as you were born that I was born this way. Yeah. You know, it's not I I don't believe that. Yeah. You just happen to just turn be gay all of a sudden. No, we we don't believe that on this podcast. Yeah. You were just born that way. And, you know, I I kept fighting it to the point. It was just like, you know what? When I got the UMass, um, that's when I was experimenting more, uh, meeting more guys, getting more comfortable. And I was just like, okay, yeah. Now, now I was just telling myself, okay, I am gay. I had my first like official real hookup. Yeah. With a guy. This one went better. Oh, it went a lot better. Okay. I was comfortable. Glad it was. It that. went a lot better. Um, and I was just like, but I can't come out, you know. So you, I will be in the locker room. My teammates will be talking about girls, this girls that. I would have no input. Right. Because not on the sense of I didn't have experiences with girls because I had a lot of experience. It was just more on the sense of I haven't been doing anything with the girls. Um, and I think my teammates kind of knew. Uh, yeah, I was so going to ask if, if, if you thought that they had an inkling. What did you say? I said I was going to ask if you thought that they maybe had an inkling. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was weird. Um, so I'm going to tell you a story. I was down at uh, Asbury Park, and there's a club down there called Club Paradise. Um, Sounds lovely. Which is my first gay club that I went to when I was in the closet. Absolutely fell in love with it. Um, Why? It was probably, yeah, by all means, the best people I've met when I was in the club. They knew exactly who I was. They knew I played basketball and everything like that. And they didn't say a word uh, at that's all. That's really cool. I knew the manager. Um, I knew the bartenders, the door, the door people, everyone. They knew I played basketball. They didn't say a word. It was a place where I can go and be comfortable. Yeah. So I'm there one summer. I get a phone call from one of my teammates. Uh-oh. It's about 11.30 at night. Why are my teammates calling me? And they never call me. <laughs> so they call me and they ask me, where am I? Oh, my God. Um, and I'm like, I'm down in Asbury Park at Club Paradise. Oh, you just came and, out with and, it. And immediately, they started laughing. I hear people laughing in the background, and they hung up. <gasps> no. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, my heart dropped. I was just like, they knew. Because in the way, they, I'm sure they probably searched New Jersey gay clubs. And that was probably one of the clubs that came up. And, yeah, they knew. But how did they know? So, how did they know that you were there? Um, because they, I went home one weekend and they just took a guess. They were just like, "Where are you?" I was like, "I'm out at the clubs right now," and they said, "What club?" And I said, "Club Paradise." And then they, yeah, I, I just said it because I, I said I wasn't really expecting for them to like actually like do research on right. Like I wasn't really expecting that, but they did. That's um, messed up. Yeah, but I mean, it was, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, what UMass just, you know, wasn't a, a good decision for me. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Because afterwards, you know, they started, you know, teasing me a little bit and, you know, giving me some crap about it. And in a way, I couldn't do anything about it. Um, because just like I said, they knew already. And I was, it's not like something that I could deny, you know? Was there ever some sort of formal moment when you, like, sat them down and were like, hey, I'm gay, you know, if you have any questions, let me know? Or was it always sort of this, like, mysterious thing where you knew that they knew and, and they knew that you knew, but did you ever have, like, conversations with anybody about it? Uh, no, because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want them, I, didn't, I just, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Um, and at the time, actually, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, and then it it, it got worse because I, there were times when, you know, I'd be on the phone with my mother and, um, you know, my mom would always ask me, is everything okay? Is everything all right? And I would just say, yeah, everything is great. I'm, I'm having fun and everything. When that wasn't the case at all. Ugh. So it was kind of one of them things that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. So my mom is like my best friend. I talk to her and tell her everything. And, you know, one thing that I can tell her is something that's extremely, like, personal to me. And it, it, I was really going through it to the point that, you know, it never got to, I never thought about ending my life. But by all means, it was getting close to that. Wow. Um, off the sense of because I, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. Um, I, I saw it got to the point and I said either I'm going to quit playing basketball and run away and, you know, just fall off the face of the earth or I have to come out, you know, because yeah. that's the, so I had to make a decision. Um, so I ended up reaching out, uh, to Wade Davis. Yep. Um, and Wade Davis is a formal NFL player. He came out, um, and that's when I got in touch with, uh, Billy Bean, who's a formal MLB player, friends with him. Uh, Jason Collins. Yep. I'm good friends with him. Kirk Walker, Michael Sam. Well, Michael Sam wasn't out then, but he, he came out before me. Yeah, he came out before me. So I got, I was good friends with those guys. Yeah. And, you know, they basically took me through the set steps, the pros and cons. Um, you know, and I, I knew that, you know, there's a good chance that this could probably impact, you know, me playing professional. Sure. But I said, you know what, at the end of the day, as long as I'm happy, I think that's what counts the most, you know, because when you really look at it, you know, you can only play basketball for so long. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, am I really going to be in a closet? And because I because I'm going to worry about what others think, am I really going to be in the closet and, you know, live this lie? I, I can't. You know, because at the time I was going to gay club. So it was like, yeah, you know, there is only a matter of time till someone finds out. Right. You know, and I didn't want that to be the case. Um, so what'd you do? So, so we, they had, uh, I wanted to come out on ESPN just because, you know, I play sports. I mean, why uh, not? You know, um, shoot for the stars. Yeah. So I did a, a big interview uh, the day before. Um, I forget the woman's name, but she's amazing. Uh, she's actually a lesbian. Um, and she does stuff with like ESPN and everything like that. Um, so I did an interview with her and it aired the next day. So I get a text message and they're like, it's going live now. Ooh. And I, I step out of class because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, have to, I have to leave class really quick. Literally after that text message, 
not even a minute later, text messages start flowing in. That's when I posted on all of my social medias. I, I knew exactly when I wanted to put. I wrote it down the night before, thanking everybody. So I posted everything on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Boom! Everything just blew up. So did you did your did you talk to your family before this? I did. So they I knew. Did. So they they were they knew what was um, coming. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually before it came out, I actually went home. Um because I wanted to do it in person. I went home to New Jersey, set my mom on the couch, you know, and at that time, this was the time the NCAA tournament was going on. I remember Kentucky was playing someone in the tournament and me and my mom was just sitting there watching it. And I set my mom down and I told my mom, I said, I just want to tell you something. I, I told her, um, I have something big to tell you. So I told her, take a guess of what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Okay. She said, are you having a baby? I said, no. <laughs> um, she said, did you leave school? I said, no. And this, the third one, she said, are you gay? I said, yes. And everything just got so quiet. In the room. And she almost started to cry. And I said, don't cry. And she was like, I'm not going to cry because I'm upset. I'm going to cry because I'm happy for you. Oh. Um, like that's cause she knew all along. She told me, she said all those times when I was going down to Asbury park, I knew there was something going on. Um, cause I was staying out there all times in the night. I wasn't coming back to probably about three, four o'clock in the morning sometimes. Yeah. And you know, she always was just curious and I never talked about girls with my mom. Right. Moms you know? always know. Moms always yeah, know. I always say that mothers always know. So she, her saying that, um, you know, it is it, it mean it goes a long way because not every mother will respond that way. Yeah. Um, my father, um, by the way, he took it the hardest. My father and my twin brother. Um, my father it took some time for him. You guys are uh, cool now, though. Oh yeah, it's it's not even a topic of discussion. You know, That's it's great. not even an issue. Uh, my twin brother was incarcerated at the time. So telling him and why he being in prison was was not easy whatsoever. Um, he thought I needed counseling and all this stuff and oh, man. a bunch of crazy stuff. And I'm just like, no, this is me, you know. And um, but now, just as I said, now he he actually thanks me because now he is more accepting of gays. You know, See, there he, you go. You know, so it, it helped him be able to understand. I told him, I said, listen, since you're gay, that doesn't mean that you like any men, men, boys, whatever you want. To it doesn't mean like, oh, yeah, since I'm gay, I like every man. Sure. No, that's not the case at all. But people will assume that for some strange reason. Well, that's why it's so important to come out and, and, and tell the people who might be the hardest to tell, who might have the most difficult time with it, because over time you can, you can change minds and change perspectives like it sounds like you did with your brother and your dad. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, By the way, yeah. I, looked up, I looked up, Kate Fagan is the ESPN reporter who interviewed yes. you. Yes, 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 Kate, she's awesome. I just looked that up. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so, so the day that it happens... You rush out of class. I mean, you must have just been feeling every sort of emotion in the world. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And even just walking around campus was just like, 
everyone knew. Yeah. Like, everyone was just looking at me and like, oh, my gosh, that's the kid that just came out. And it was, it was, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little crazy. I mean, I um, imagine by, that school in Massachusetts is relatively progressive. Uh, yeah, you can say that it was a, there was an LGBT center at UMass. Uh, it was a lot more support yeah. there, I say, just because, you know, it's Massachusetts is, you know, a gay state, I would say. Very um, gay state. Yeah. So it was very, very supportive. Um, and what's her name? Uh, Tyra Banks reached out to me. There were actually a lot wait, of... Wait, hold on. We can't gloss over that. What Tyra say? Nah, Tyra's just like, oh my gosh, you're so awesome. Like... Oh my gosh, you're just such a huge role model to everyone. Like that's like she tweeted at me and everything. Oh, what a dream! And, that's uh, a dream come true. Yeah, and uh, me and um, Anderson uh, became very good friends. Uh, and and Cooper, um, very which he's good friends, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Very funny. You know, we spent some time together. Uh, he's he's a very fun guy off camera. I like how you just said, yeah, me and and yeah, me and Anderson. I was like, who? And like Anderson Cooper. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We. Uh, it's so funny. Like it's like when you go, I, I can go back in my phone book now and just look and pull up his number, and it's like, wow. Like I still to this day, I'm like, wow. Like I, really, I still have his number. Yeah, feel free uh, to shoot that over my way. It'd be fine. <laughs> I was actually I had a I had a huge crush on him. So what I did? Yeah, so it is everybody. I, uh, I reached out to him. I tweeted at him, and I tweeted at him the night the night uh, I came out. You got to strike while the iron's hot. And I woke up the next day. He followed me on Twitter and sends me a direct message. Okay, I am sweating. <laughs> he was just like, "Yo, you're a great guy." I just he he wished that I would have did the story with him. Oh um, man, um, sure, sure. But I'm just like, yeah, you know what? It, it was ESPN. I play sports, so I wanted to do it that way, you know. Um, but it was it was crazy. It was I I that's how I never really told people that, but yeah, that's how me and Anderson, you know, got connected. Wow. Um, and yeah, he's I can. Text him now or call him and he'll respond to him. Okay, uh, do it. Still, still, still. <laughs> <laughs> still, Tell him still, I said still. hi. <laughs> Tell him to listen to this yeah. podcast. Hi, Anderson. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has a crush on him. Well, he's a he's a great guy. He's a great guy. No, I, uh, I yeah, he's I'm a big fan of his. He seems great. Yeah, and just the fact of you know just the amount of people that supported me and of course you know tons of followers on. Instagram and everything. Now, my Instagram that I have now is a brand new one. It's not the same one that I had in school. Okay, when did you get um, this one? Uh, I got this Instagram that I have now probably about... I only had it for maybe two years. Okay. Um, But yeah, my last one had at least about, what, 12,000 followers and everything like that. Yeah, wait, why'd you get uh -huh. rid of it? Oh my gosh! Uh, so long story short, uh oh, I might know of, where this is going. A lot of boyfriend issues. Oh, uh, that's not uh, where I, I thought it was going. 
what you thought? Well, I thought good. you were just getting all these DMs all the time. I'm sure you still are, but I thought maybe just it became too much and you wanted to make it a little bit Oh, no, 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 no. My boyfriend, he, at, my boyfriend at the time was, in a way, jealous. And, you know, I I made a crazy decision. I said, you know what? I'll delete Instagram if you think it's a big deal to me, yada, yada. And I ended up deleting it. Um, we're not even together now, so I was regretting doing that whole thing. <sighs> you lost um, all his followers. Um, it, trust me, it still was, it was crazy. Uh, still get crazy DMs now. Oh, I, I, um, I believe that. And it's only gonna pick up. Just like I said, I mean, now that I'm an actor now, and because I think a lot of people I wouldn't say lost touch with who I am, but I've been, I've been. And I say I've been in the dark for a little bit because I haven't been playing basketball. Uh, so now this acting career, my acting career is starting to pick up where people are now knowing who I am. Um, this, this We have a TV series that's getting ready to take off. Well, I know. So, I mean, so, I mean, you're sort of in the midst of a, of a renaissance here a little bit, right? I mean, so talk to me a little bit about what you've been doing. Uh. So basketball didn't work out. I ended up coming out to San Francisco once I graduated Seton Hall. Um, had an agent out here. The basketball thing, nothing was happening. Literally, I was trying my hardest to the point that it was just like I didn't know what to do. And there were no NBA teams giving me workouts, no overseas teams wanting me to come. Nothing. So I mean, so so you so you you're done at Seton Hall, and then and then what? I mean, what did you expect was going to happen? I mean, did you think that there was going to be a next step? Uh yeah, you know, I, I had I, I had a great year at Seton Hall. Um, I, I believe you know I should have at least had a workout or something. I had ambitions even after I came out of yes, I still want to play in the NBA. I do want to play in the NBA. So when I went out. I'm thinking, okay, I'm at least going to have one workout. Um, nothing happened. After that year, I had got a, a different agent. The same thing was happening. No teams were budging. Teams were trying to say he's not good enough. He can't shoot, this and that. Um, so it was one of those things, like, I had to tell myself, you know what, I have to end this. You know, I have to move on. And, you know, that was very, very hard for me. I mean, do, um, are, do you think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that you came out? Me personally, do I think so? Yes. But you know what? I also look at it. You know what? God had a different plan for me as well. Um, and you know what? If it was meant to happen, it would have happened. Sure. Um, so... I mean, that, I was, must have, that must have been tough, though. I mean, to adjust, it was. you know, to it think, was. you know, maybe I'm going to play in the NBA to, you know, sort of nothing. That's got to be, you know, I think about it all the time with, like, collegiate athletes, even, like, high school athletes, but collegiate athletes, especially, you know, who are, who have these lives that are so focused and centered around one thing, so centered around a sport, and, you know, you live and you breathe that and you dream about a future in it. When it doesn't happen, I just, I imagine that has to be so difficult and such a shift. Yeah, it was, I was heartbroken. It was, I was, oh my gosh, there were countless nights where I was crying myself to sleep and, you know, just kept saying, why me, why me? And, you know, just... 
because I, I wanted to be that first person, first active, because I don't think there's anyone right now who's actively playing in professional sports that's openly gay. So I wanted to be that first person. Yeah, I think there's, no. I mean, there's like Colin Martin who's in like the MLS uh-huh. playing soccer, but in terms of like the big four, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that role model for, for people. You know, well, if he can do it, so can I. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you still, you know. I'd be I, remiss I, yeah, if I, I said that you still, still you made an impact. Yeah, I still made a crazy impact. And I personally believe, you know what, just as I said earlier, it was, if it was meant to happen, it would have happened. Uh, I tried different things. I tried real estate at one point. I tried to be a firefighter, went to firefighter school a little bit, but none of those things like really clicked. So I had an agent reach out to me. Um, I'm not a manager. Uh, entertainment manager and sure. he asked me if I wanted to be involved in TV shows and films and you know thinking about it I said mm, it sounds interesting so a-, a year later or so things started to pick up uh, there's a movie that I'm in that we were going to film uh, called Conundrum Secrets Among Friends which I'm one of the main characters for that Amazing. and a TV series called Stacks which right now they are pitching to CBS right now and you know i got great feedback from them they pitched it and they absolutely loved me and was asking about me who is this guy and which was great because that was my first time acting at all wow um so i mean instead of an you know an nba championship you're gonna win an oscar which is like that's the plan way cooler so that's the plan you know i'm a i'm a huge uh i'm a huge believer in uh you know manifestation law of attraction um, you know, and I, I just, I got into that probably about a year and a half ago. Um, you know, so I'm a, you know, I have this insane belief that, you know, I can manifest whatever my heart desires into my reality. Um, and I, and I personally believe that, you know, that if it, that was one of the reasons why that opportunity came to me, you know, it was something yeah. that just, I said, I, I'm a huge believer. I'm a very positive person. I stay away from the negative energy. I like to visualize, meditate, and, you know, see myself doing and having these things that, you know, this was something that came to me. And because it's just, I didn't go to no acting school. Yeah. If you look at it, when you look at it, it's like, where and how did this come upon? <laughs> I mean, listen, you know I, what have, I, mean? li- I have many actor friends in L.A. who, uh, you know, have theater degrees, have been going to acting classes for decades. Who would probably hear your story and hate your guts. But listen, talent's talent, Derek. <laughs> yeah, like it's like I'm just as I said, I mean, it's it's plenty of people who talk about it. Just as I, said, I don't know how much you know about, you know, law of attraction and everything like that, but. You know, literally Denzel Washington, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Michael B. Jordan, a lot of people know about it. And it's not something you learn. It's something that we were all given that we can truly have. And it, and it sounds good when you hear that, you know, you can truly have whatever it is your heart desires. You want to know more about it. I'll say. Um, so I started doing a lot of research. I remember reading a book. Um called The Alchemist by Pablo Coelho. Um, read the book, The Secret. Um, just did tons of research. And by all means, that changed my life. Because if that would have never came into my life, I don't really know. So I looked at that. That was a, a calling card for me. Because and now I'm at the point that, 
you know, I see myself doing and having all these things. Like I don't, I go day to day and I don't worry. I don't stress yeah. uh, about anything. I don't stress about money, worry about money, anything. And that's all because of, you know, the law of attraction. And it can, it can literally change your life. It has changed my life. And yeah, I never looked back since then. The power of positive thinking. Yeah. Yeah, the power of the mind. Exactly. I mean, I have to say that, like, it, there probably are some so many parallels between being an athlete and being an actor, right? I mean, because it's you know, it's something that you can grind at daily. You can get better. You know, it's like, and yeah. especially being an yeah. athlete, you're so focused on bettering yourself. You know, as an actor, you're in it. You know, for yourself. If you don't work at it, if you don't grind, like nothing's gonna happen. I mean, you know, it's it's sort of in in a strange way a sport in and of itself. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, I absolutely just absolutely love it. It's when I went to go film the pilot in New York, it was so insane. What's the um, show about? Uh, so it's basically a mixture between House of Cards, Empire, and Power. Okay, okay, I'm listening. Um, so it's a little political, and you know, my my character is basically I'm an upcoming rapper. Okay, um, can you rap? So yes. Yes. Um, I, mean, I, got a I guess we'll I got find out, won't we? I got a little style. I mean, they, they loved it. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, uh, I mean, you must have done something, right? But, yeah, I, that's that's just that's just a little bit as far as the information I can give away now. Okay, uh, I'm, I, I'm not going to pry. Can't, just wanna can't get... spoil, I can't spoil everything. Can't Fair enough. Wait, so are, where are you living now? Are you up in San Francisco full-time? I'm in San Francisco. Uh, you got to get Liverpool down to Mom. L.A. I am. Trust me. Oh, I am. I'm actually moving to Beverly Hills. Okay, uh, fancy. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, moving to Beverly Hills. Uh, I'm very excited about that, actually. Um, I haven't been to L.A. in over four years. Okay. Uh, well, it's so on it's fire actually, right now, so you might want to. Yeah, it's going to be good to get back there. It's going to be good to get back there. Uh, and I can network more out there. Yeah, absolutely. This is where you need to be. Yeah, can't do much in San Francisco. There's only there's here. I think it's more like for people who are in, um, like Twitter and Facebook and, yeah, and Apple yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, LA is the place to be. Well, listen, LA. I look forward to you being down here. We'll have to we'll have to hang out and and see how your your career blossoms because I have every faith that it will. Oh, definitely, definitely. We will. We will. I'm. I'm super excited. I'm. I'm super, super excited. And I know exactly where. Um, I I, I see it now, Josh. I don't want to spoil you a lot, but I know exactly everything that's getting ready to happen. And remember this conversation that we have. Having right getting now. chills. <laughs> it's, it's it's getting ready to get crazy. I'm I'm very grateful. You know, I'm grateful for the things that I have now, but. You know, extremely grateful for the things that are getting ready to come into my life. So uh, that's a beautiful uh, thing, man. I love that. Yeah, it's it's I'm 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 very happy. And uh yeah, I've been living with my partner now for two years. Uh been together for two years and that's been uh it's actually been the longest relationship I've been in. That's a long time. How old how old uh, are you? I'm twenty six. Yeah, I mean that's a long time for a twenty six year old. Uh, yeah, the, uh, most of my relationships in the past only lasted for about five, six months. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, you live and you learn. They were all learning experiences. There you That's go. Exactly right. 
They all were. So, yeah, I'm actually glad I went through that because, you know, I'm much more wiser now. You have to be. You're wiser in every aspect of your life, relationships, professionally. I mean, sky's the limit. Yes. Yes, you're exactly right. I love Derek. I will agree. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time. I'm so happy we finally got to do this. And uh, once you get down to L.A., let's hang. And, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, your story has inspired countless uh, countless people. So thank you for telling it and thank you for continuing to live your truth. No, uh, Thank you so much. there you go thank you for listening i really do appreciate it and thank you most of all to Derek gordon for the time uh i hope you enjoyed his candidness his honesty i know that i did i think his story is very important uh and i i look forward to what's to come for Derek because it's only going to be good things you know i can only hope to one day maybe be thanked in his oscar speech remember me Derek. that's all i ask thank you for listening Until next time, Daniel Trainer, same team, signing off. Bye.